0: Thank you for tuning in, and welcome to another epic edition of The Jerry Jones Show, hosted by Jerry Jones, along with his sidekick, Kevin Anderson. Each and every episode is guaranteed to increase your profits and decrease your stress in dentistry. Welcome to the show. Hey everybody, Jerry Jones here with Jerry Jones Direct, and um, this month I'm excited to have with me our uh, our very own uh, consultant here uh, at Jerry Jones Direct, Lisa Mellick, and uh, Lisa's um, up in Bellingham, Washington, um, and Lisa uh, is our, uh, like I said, our, our uh, in-office consultant uh, and remote consultant for dental practices uh, all over the United States, and um, she's our lead in that department. And um, so today we're going to be interviewing Lisa about um, sort of the consulting process. And um, we've, I've got a bunch of questions that uh, that I've uh, provided here to her. So we're going to whip through these questions and um, uh, uh, with the idea that you'll get to know a little bit about who Lisa is and our process on consulting. And also, uh, we're most definitely going to uncover some areas for you to really think about and focus on in your own practice. So uh, I guess without any further delay, Lisa, welcome to our program today. Um, and uh, so I'm going to kind of turn it over to you for a few minutes, Lisa. And um, if you could give our listeners um, uh, your backstory, you know who you are, your experience, and um, and then we'll, then we'll dive in uh, first with a softball question, and then and then we'll get to the hard stuff. So go ahead, take it away. Okay,
1: great. Hi, Jerry. Thanks for having me today. Um, so, like you said, um, I'm from the Northwest, um, born and raised here in Washington State. And I've been in dentistry 20 years. When I first got into dentistry, I was working front office and back office at the same time. So I was assisting, doing all procedures, um, and plus upfront, I was scheduling, doing financial arrangements, um, insurance breakdowns, insurance follow-ups, all of it. So I got a lot of experience that way. Um, and I also got to work with a handful of different consultants during that time, so I got to see all the different approaches that they would take and saw what works best for teams to get the culture in place so everyone's on the same page so practices can reach their goals.
0: So, I mean, you, you've done everything except for clinical dentistry, it sounds like. Would that would that be accurate?
1: Um, yeah, I have not drilled <laughs> on any <laughs> teeth.
0: <laughs> Probably <laughs> a crown pepper too that you didn't know you were doing at the same time. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah. Um, you know that that really uh, you know when when I look for people um, to hire, whatever the position is for, I really like it when someone has a variety of experience so they know what every position. For example, in this case, in a dental practice, looks like how how it how it functions, what the challenges are. You know, it's kind of like um, it's kind of like being a consultant for a dental office and never having been in a dental practice or never owned a dental practice or whatever the case might be. Um, And you have a different, a totally different set of uh, experience and skill sets than I have, um, which I, which I, I, that's one of the reasons why I enjoy working with you so much is, is because they're just totally two different skill sets and, you know, you bring a practical approach and mine's kind of a more heady, weird approach and, you know, whatever. So it it works out really well. Um, uh, Let's start with a softball question. So what's, what was the craziest day you ever had in a dental office? And, and you don't need to name names. I
1: won't name names. <laughs>
0: What's the craziest day you've ever had?
1: Well, um, I was thinking of that question and say the craziest day is we're presenting treatment. Um, it was probably a $15, to $20,000 case. I can't remember exactly. Um, with Linap, Um, and the patient was ready to go, ready to do it but she had a bunch of questions for the doctor I was working with and he, got frustrated with her asking all these questions and he, he just got up and walked out of the conference room and left. And that, and I knew at that point that we were not going to be doing treatment, That he was done. (laughs) Um, so I had to step in and she's just like flabbergasted what's going on. And I had to step in and say, well, I don't think that, you know, that we're a good fit for you. Um, so I'll, you know, I'll be refunding you the money, and you know, I can try to help you find another office that does the laser treatment. And oh, yeah, I couldn't believe it.
0: <laughs> so the doctor literally was like, "I'm done." And he just got up, walked out, just yeah. rubbed off the ten to fifteen. G's and it was Yeah, over.
1: he just too many questions. He can't have that many questions. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> That must be how uh, some of these uh, physicians feel when they get outsmarted by a patient. Um, you know, or they, they get stumped by a patient, the frustration level. It's like, well, you know, a patient probably, you know, that, that has a particular concern. Yeah, they can stump a doctor once in a while and, you know, maybe challenge them and push them a little bit with their questions. So, yeah. Funny. Um, oh, gosh. <laughs> um, the way you handle that, by the way, um, you know, well, it appears like you may not be a good fit for us. Um, I can't think of a better way to handle that because that, that does put you on the spot. And oh, it, yeah. And, uh, Uh, yeah do you get a have you had have you been through a lot of that um Uh, was there a lot of that with that particular doctor do you think or a
1: good amount yeah yeah I mean at first when I started working in the practice he would stay in the op or in the conference room and tell them how he was feeling and it didn't always come out very nicely so after a certain point he realized that if he just got up and left I could handle it um, you know, let the patient know and escort them out to, to save him from going through all that because he couldn't handle it very well. He'd get very upset. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And we didn't want that. We just wanted to, you know, let them know you're no longer a good fit and escort yeah. them to the door in a nice, very calm way.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Well, I think for uh, for those listening, there's lesson number one. If you have a patient that you know is going to be a nightmare, why prolong the agony? You know, um, have someone like Lisa um, assist that patient out the door and, and do it, you know, and, and do it the right way. So, good lesson. And by the way, I, I see nothing wrong with that. I mean, I you know, I, I know the doctor you're talking about. And he's and I do like him. Um, a very nice guy. Um, But I also understand his, you know, what his trigger points were. And, um, you know, kudos to him for understanding, hey, I'm just going to get frustrated. I'm probably going to blow my top. It's better if I just, you know, just escape and let somebody else handle it and and wash my hands of it. So, um, And I I imagine that took him a little while to understand where where he should walk out, where he should step away and, and move on. Um, yeah. That's a lesson in and of itself. I think so. Good. Well, um, uh, kind of a contrary uh, a question, contrary to the first one, not really, but um, sort of. What does the best day in an office look like? I mean, the best day in your in in your office, or the best day in a, in one of our members' offices? Um, what do they look like?
1: Um, I would say, uh, of course, where you're reaching goal or, and above it, but where the day's not so crazy hectic, where. Um, you just have tons of things thrown in where the team is just, you know, going hundred miles an hour that, that, that can get hard. So I would say, you know, maybe where you're doing a whole upper arch and it's taking, you know, half the day. So things are a lot calmer, smoother. And at the end of the day, you know, maybe you're doing some fillings or new patient exams. Um, I think those are the, the easiest days, the best days. And of course, if you're able to, you know, make relationships with your patients and having your favorite ones come in that's always great where you can you know actually get to sit and talk to them for a little bit and see what's going on in their lives um those are the best days
0: yeah yeah. Yeah. i would tend to agree and i i think about um you know back in the day when i owned a dental office it's so nice to say that um it's been a couple months now and yesterday was my first trip into the to that dental office and it was for a checkup and and an exam exam and x-rays and Actually, no x-rays, just an exam and, uh, and a cleaning. And it was bizarre to walk in there. But it, the place was calm. It was quiet. And, in fact, it was too quiet um, uh, for me. I mean, I, I do like a little background noise, maybe some music or something. I don't care if it's, you know, I don't care if it's classical or if it's a little rock and roll. I don't really care. But the background noise is kind of nice. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, – it, I could tell things were nice and calm and that is soothing for a patient, you know, when things are crazy and hectic and uh, there's a lot of commotion and a lot of traffic, if you will. I think it puts folks a little on the edge if they're already nervous. So yeah, I like those calm days, even here at Jerry Jones direct, we have, I'm, you know, my office is always calm because I'm the only one in it, but um, you know, there are days when you can definitely sense the, the activity level is just right. People are operating at optimum efficiency. Everybody's, you know, on a high tone, And, and I, you know, those are the days that I look forward to. And I, I remember, and you know um, I was reading an article, I think it was in the wall street journal um, two or three days ago. And the art the headline of the article was humans have less than five optimum or good days a year.
1: Oh, wow.
0: Man, I don't know who those humans are, but that sucks. I mean, if I don't have five good days a week, I'm kind of, you know, I don't want to be on a grumpy streak. So um, yeah, I mean, I think aiming—you know—aiming to have a, a practice that is um, operating on that level that you that you discussed, hitting goals, people are uh, cooperating, communication is high. Um, so, and hopefully, we get to the communication topic because that seems to be a, a sticking point that um, that you and I see and hear a lot of um, as being a challenge in a practice. So, um, so uh, let's go on to the next question. Um, as a, con- I mean, you're obviously your consultant. And when you first, uh, when you first are asked to visit an office, and this is an on the first on-site visit, um, what are you looking for? And the reason why I want to ask the question is I want our, I want our listeners to understand from an outsider's perspective what, what the initial things that an outsider sees as, as being positive or as being something that needs to be addressed. I won't say negative because I don't want to be a negative Nelly, but you know, something that needs to be addressed. What what are the maybe the top three or four things that you're looking for?
1: Yeah, when I go into an office, I, of course I'm looking to see um, what the culture is of the practice, um, how management is working. Um, and I like to sit down with team members to get see where they're coming from, what they see, what's going on in the office also. So I can get an idea of where we need to start. Um, it comes from you know the top with management, Culture has to be in place. Management has to be in place. Also, um, if staff is feeling appreciated, that's a big one. If they're not, then it's going to show in, in their work and what they're doing every day and how they work with the team.
0: Um, I, I look at. I mean, I I having had a dental office that went through swings of great culture, poor culture, you know, whatever the case might be. Um, I think probably for me the most frustrating thing was when the culture went south. Um, And so, I mean, that, that, that's a real frustrating piece because it affects not just the team, not the doc, not just the doctor, it affects the patients as well. And it affects referral affects. And in fact, I think culture is one of the bigger drivers. It's an invisible driver because it isn't necessarily super apparent. You know, you don't, I mean, you can sense it, you can feel it, you can see it, but you can't describe culture. Like what is culture? Hell if I know, I mean, it's the gut feeling I get when I walk into a practice, um, are the people, you know, are uh, like, we've kind of went through the best day are the, Is the tone high communication levels, high, um, minimal disruption or minimal dustups going on throughout the day. Um, so I mean, I think culture is a big thing. So what do you, I, since I can't describe culture, what would you, would you be able to describe it? or can you maybe give elements of a strong culture?
1: Strong culture. <clears throat> I'd say um, the, the mindset has to be there. Um, all of their systems, processes in place. Everybody executing them. Everybody on the same team. No negativity. Solution oriented. The office manager. They're cheerleader helping promoting training keeping everybody on track with what they need to do um and like you said it's something you, you can just feel it in the practice when everybody's on the same page they're working towards the same thing um and when it's not there you can definitely definitely tell tell
0: yeah it's really apparent um, mm-hmm. um you mentioned management mm-hmm. um, so when it comes to management in a in a practice what um what are sort of uh, the key indicators that, that tell you, hey, this person, this manager, this office manager, this chief of operations, whatever you, whatever title you want to put on them, um, is really has it all under control? What are some of the characteristics that that you see that say that send that message to you to say, yep, we've got the right off, we've got the right leader, the right office manager leader? Um, what what does that look like? What are those characteristics look like?
1: Um, I would say somebody that. Um Is professional, leads by example, um, is calm in all situations because we're gonna have things come up you know whether it's a patient walking in the door or if it's somebody phoning in um, where the office manager will need to step in and handle it and you have to be calm you have to just be calm deal with it get escort them out or get them off the phone and you can't let it upset the rest of the day too you have to stay focused um, have to know what your goals are you have to coach the team lead the team every day in reaching those goals
0: so uh, you're familiar with the with the idea of man, um, uh, mbwa management by walking around um, what yeah. what's the difference between an office manager that you know is so focused on the numbers or so focused on an ar report or they're so focused on doing employee reviews that they never open that door up. I mean, you know, what? Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about management by walking around? How how it works? When it should happen? Frequency? Because I think that's a real important one for for doctors to understand. Hey, I've got this person I've hired, but they never leave the room. You know? Yeah, They're
1: yeah, Not good. You need to be out there and listening to team members, seeing what's going on, see how they handle situations, make sure that they're following all your protocols and systems that you have in place. Um, seeing what their communication is, their scripting, if they're following your scripting. And if not, then you can find out sooner than later and coach them so they can be following your, your protocols with it. Um, I would say, you know, weekly, if you can get out of the office and, and take certain areas throughout the week and listen to what's going on. You know, are they staying on time? How's sterilization, are things getting turned over, are things getting left? Um, Is doctor staying on time too? That's another big thing. Doctors run late and it throws everything off, so he might need a little coaching in that area too. What, What can we do to make sure doctor stays on time? If you're putting in same day service, how is that handled? Is everything chaotic because someone else is getting thrown in on the schedule? Or is it running smoothly? Can the other patients tell? So you need to be in their watching, observing, so you can help fix these issues if, if you have them.
0: Yeah, yeah, I like that. Um, okay, so I've got a sort of a, a, a double question. So, I mean, we've kind of, here's where we, I, I want to kind of recap where we've been. Um, uh, you know, what what does the best day look like and, and what the way you described it, um, it you know, it's, uh, it's sort of like that should be somebody's, you know, everyday goal in a dental office. They should have, they should be shooting for that best day every day. So, we talked about also an on-site visit. What are the things you're looking for? Uh, culture is there strong management, leadership in place. Um, and actually I might want to stop <laughs> because I really I wrote something down that you mentioned that I want to go back to, and then I'll get to the next question. But, um, you, you, mentioned this, uh, team, the team's viewpoint and if they're being appreciated or not. Um, mm-hmm. I know, I, I don't know of any, uh, I mean, uh, maybe there are, but, um, I think our process is fairly unique in that when that, during that first visit, when you go to a practice, um, you're more focused on the team than you are anything else. I mean, it, would that actually, I don't know if that's the case. I, I shouldn't plant that. Is, that. is that fair to say that you're more focused on the team on that first visit?
1: Yes, I mean, before I've gone to the visit, I've already spoken with the office manager, the doctor to find out um, where they see the practices at. So once I get to the office, then I can sit down and talk with the staff and I have a a list of questions so I can get a feel for what they see is going on in the practice. Um, So it's a great tool because it's when I go in, I'm like another set of eyes that, and maybe the doctor has already seen what's going on, but maybe he hasn't admitted it to himself or not. Um, If not, then I can let him know what is going on. how the office is feeling. If they're feeling the team members, if they're feeling appreciated, if they're feeling stressed and, you know, if they feel there's a lot of negativity or if there's a lot of support and training's excellent, you know, I, I can find out all those things.
0: Yeah, um, who's usually right? I mean, in your experience, um, is it the doctor that has, has the doctor typically identified the problem accurately or, or the challenges accurately, or is it, or do you find that the team has a better read on the challenges based on their level of information. Some, some team members are not inv- informed at all on what the challenges are, usually that's the case, but they can yeah. kind of sense that there's a problem. Who's, who's typically right? Is it a, what does that look like?
1: I would say you, the doctor usually has an idea of what's going on, but the team members, they're, they're in it, they're usually talking to each other about how they're feeling, what's going on. So they're, they're usually the ones that are right. So if you can take so staff, their staff, yeah. staff,
0: members actually gossip and talk about these things, don't they?
1: Yeah, a little bit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, it's it's interesting to me um, when you visit an office and the kind of feedback that we've gotten. Um, it, you know, where it's like, well, we've never had anybody ask us these questions before. We've never had anybody ask us how we feel about anything before. And So yeah. when you show up and you have this, like you said, these list of questions, and and they're they're great, great. Questions to extract information that helps us um, determine what you know, what what the challenges are and, and and how to go about fixing them. Once that's done, once you find out, let's say a practice has four primary issues, you know, maybe it's culture, maybe it's office management, maybe it's um, you know, no team leads or the wrong team leads. Um, how, And then maybe there's, let's say there's a collections issue. If you had those four problems, I'll I'll repeat them because I I may forget them too. So um, we've got a a culture issue. We have a leadership management issue. We have um, uh, wrong people in the wrong post, you know, wrong person as a lead or no lead. Um, And then maybe we have a collections issue. In other words, we have a financial problem. Of those four issues, how would you put those in order? Like what would you you know how would you order the importance of those issues and um, we don't need to go into how to address them but because I think it's instructive on how you personally would see what the what the number one challenge would be to take care of first and then move rapidly down the list
1: yes, um, I would say management number one because um, you got to have somebody that is setting the culture um, culture number two um, and then um people in their correct position or collection. Um, I mean, we need the money coming in, so if collections is an issue, I would address that right away. See who's um, in charge of the collections, who's the bottom line for it, what what have they been doing, what's going on, and get that working, and then look at the leads and find out, okay, who's in the right position, who do we need, you know, what's going on there, Um, so.
0: Right. yeah so it's almost like some of these things you can't you can't uh, even though there's a priority right you you prioritize but some of them you actually take a, a multi-pronged approach so in this case you know you said in the financial side the collections yeah i mean that's got to because you need the money coming in so it's kind of like yep you got to fix yeah. you got to fix what you identify first simultaneously you know you're going and speaking to the person that is in charge of you know or has been in charge of the collections to find out what their challenges are and then working through that yeah I and mean, that's um you know some of these things um, we want to fix but it's not the time to fix them because when you fix one thing oftentimes a number of things gets addressed so if you fix culture and leadership um, you know typically leadership you know uh, it has to has to lead the bandwagon I mean they're, they're the band leader if you will so um, culture begins to change once leadership is fixed and then all the rest of these things begin to fall into place the team needs yeah. sort of rise up you know they're self-identified oftentimes other times they're appointed. Somebody recognizes talent that, that's that is dormant, and they want to bring it out on the person. So yeah, I mean that's that's the challenge is when you go into a practice, you know, the doctor typically wants to have everything happen all at once, but there's actually a natural order of progression, right? That that must take place because you can't get the cart before the horse, so to speak. So um, that's I think that's a challenge for for um, the person receiving the services because it's like, well, man, I stroked a check. Um, I want results yesterday. Well, you know, change, um, change is tough. First of all, nobody likes change. And when you're making significant changes like leadership or management, um, that affect everything in the practice, it's something that you don't want to rush into. You really want to think about and analyze and not overanalyze, but you, but you have to, you have to make sure you're weighing the pros and cons of, you know, of whatever decision you're going to be making. So, um, yeah, good stuff. Um, so what, this may be a um, kind of a double question and I, we may have sort of touched on a little bit but on, on that first on-site visit um, what's what's the goal of that for you and can you maybe walk us through what that on-site visit looks like so what are you trying to extract um, and then you know what what is it what is that first what are those first two days look like because you're there for two days um, okay. what does it look like?
1: Well, depending on how big the practice is, um, if I need to speak with, um, you know, four or five people, <clears throat> excuse me, I can get that done in one day. If it's big, you know, 15, 20 people, it's going to take uh, the, probably the full two days to talk with everybody. Um, so what I'm looking for, I'm, you know, what is the culture right now? Um, what do they like best about being at that office? Um, what do they dislike? What do they see can be improved and just their job descriptions, what they're doing, um, what the culture is, how, if they feel appreciated, um, just all those things like that. You know.
0: What are you finding after you go through that? Um, let's say you get through all the team and, uh, the first day, second day. Um, what, what's the second day look like then?
1: Then I'll observe all, you know, walk through the office, I'll be listening, watching everybody. How are they on the phone? How are they with presenting treatment and financial arrangements? How are they back in the ops um, with presenting treatment or communication with a new patient or same day service? How are they presenting those things? Um, are, is everybody on the same page with, you know, what they need to fill the the goal for that day? Um, just look at all those things, see what systems they have in place already. and if they're following the systems to reach their goals for the day for the month, Yeah.
0: So it's really, it's like, okay, what, what is, what's working in this practice? What's not working? Where are the challenges? And so you just basically, you're compiling your, your list of challenges that need to be addressed. And, um, and and once that's wrapped up um, and you, you kind of have a report of findings um, uh, what happens after that? So you've, you've kind of done your, you know, if you will, your due diligence. Um, And and let me, before I get to that question, I've got another good question for you. Do you think that approach that you take the first two days, um, let's say it's a a five-person staff and you can knock out all the the interviews in the first day and the second day you're observing. Do you (laughs) think that's a good approach for um, someone who's coming into the practice as a new office manager or new chief of operations, do you think that's a good approach for them to also take?
1: Oh, definitely. You can learn so much. just sitting down one-on-one with each team member and talking with them, finding out, you know, how they're feeling. How do they feel about their job here at the practice? What do they like best? What do they see that can be improved? Oh, you learned so much. Definitely.
0: I mean, when you're talking to these guys and gals, this is confidential. You're not, you're not, you don't even share it with me. I mean, you know, you, yeah. you have, you have all the data. I never see it. Um, but, but you and I talk in generalities. Well, this, you know, an individual in this department or whatever this person, you know, that I, the third person I spoke to said this or whatever. I mean, yeah. So we, it's a hundred percent confidential, which uh, do you find that, um, does that endear these folks to talk to you, to open up to you and really be honest with you? Or, um, what's, what is the typical reaction when you walk up to Mary and say, Hey Mary, um, you know, I understand your dental assistant here. I'm really excited to talk to you. Um, I've got some questions. I'm gonna, it's going to take about, you know, maybe 30 minutes. Um, are you finding these people are opening up to you or are they kind of just kind of sitting there reserved? Oh, this is just another one of the doctor's insert, you know, insert activity. This is another one of the doctor's consultants coming to the office. Yeah. Here we go again. Yeah. Um, or, what, what do you find? What's the reaction?
1: Um, well, I do get, oh, and you know, oh, another consultant is here today, but um, I found that, you know, an in most offices, consultants haven't sat down with them. And so I think it's really different for them. And I think they feel good in letting me know how they're feeling, what they're doing. Of course, they feel a little bit like, this is really confidential, you know? They ask me that, yes, it is definitely. And they open up and they just start talking and telling me everything. What's good, what's not, what needs improvement? Oh yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. So
0: it's, yeah, it's great. Well, Very. It's good awesome. <laughs> You know, um, and and again, I want this to be instructive for our listeners. This is an exercise that that the team that, that an office manager can do now. I mean, they, you, you know, the nice thing about business and with people is you can actually earn the opportunity to have a reset. Um. So, in in a case, and you know, in, in some offices that that um, I know you and I both work separately together um that doesn't make any sense but i I know you've experienced the same thing i have when um you know when someone finds out that um that they can trust you and that you'll keep your word and that you really want to hear what they've got to say um you you can the nice thing is you've got that information um from their viewpoint and a, an office manager can, can do that today. They can sit down and say, hey, I want to have a meeting with you. It's confidential. It's just between you and I. It's not going to the doctor. It's not going to another team member. It's just you and I. I want to know what you think about the practice. And I want to know X, Y, and Z. I mean, you go through a, a list of questions to extract information. Now, the, the trick is what happens next. So what, what do we do with the information you gather? And in this case, if we're, you know if, if we're talking to an office manager who wants to do this on their own and hit that reset button, what would they do with the information next what would happen next with that with that data they've gathered from all these team members
1: so i look at priority you know what um and that list needs to be addressed first is it um you know people being negative or people not doing their job other people having to pick up the slack and you know, i find out what it what is most urgent to be addressed and then make a list of all those things um if you can change them maybe some things that they suggest you, you just can't do um, usually a lot of them that you can though and just make a list prioritize and just start setting up a system for it and execute and take care of it.
0: yeah it's uh, pretty, a pretty black and white process
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah what yeah. role does the doctor owner doctor or, um, or whatever the case might be what what role does that does the owner play in this process?
1: Well, I think he needs to be aware, of course, what's going on and make sure that he's on the same page with um, with us helping the practice. If he's not 100% on the same page, then it's not going to work. Same with the office manager. They need to be 100% on board with what we're doing um, and he needs to let the office manager take care of things. He can always check in with team members see how things are going, but, you know, his main focus needs to be clinical side, doing the dentistry, he needs to have an office manager that will take care of all the issues. And if she can't, then go to the doctor and let him help her. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So really, it's like, okay, I've hired you guys. Um, You guys have identified the challenges, the things that we're doing really great at that we could even amplify and do more of. Um, I'm on board with the plan that you've created. So, you know, sit down and you create the priority of, you know, addressing them in priority order. Um, doctor buys in, office manager buys in. And then at that point, it's just it, it's the doctor just getting the hell out of the way, just going back to doing what they do. But at the same time, being in touch and monitoring the change and making sure that, you know, holding, holding us accountable as are we holding him accountable uh, or her, whatever the case might be. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like it. Um, so sort of a um, well, I guess I, we've kind of answered my next question, which is, which is fine. We've got plenty of questions to go through. So um, when you, and this may be a repeat as well, um, and there's a theme. If, if the answers are repeating and the questions are different, that should tell our listeners some of them. Um, so what are you finding are the two major challenges in the practices that you're consulting with? What are the two, the two things that just crop up? It's almost like I know this is going to be an issue before I even get there. Um, because it's typically an issue in every dental office. What are the two big ones?
1: Um, I would say leadership. Leadership has to be in place. Um, and the culture. Culture has to be in place. Those are the, the biggest, biggest things that, that I, I see and that need to be dealt with immediately in order for the practice to improve.
0: Do you think one of the challenges, do you think those two challenges, because again, we're talking about real squishy subjects, so there's no finite, you know, it's hard to describe leadership. It's hard to describe culture. You know it when you see it. Um, you know great leadership when you see it, and you know a great culture when you see it. Um, um it, why do you think that's a problem in a practice? Do you think this is a problem in and in, in generally across all businesses? Or do you think it's particularly a large issue in, in, in dental practices? Um, what are your thoughts on that? Because, I mean, that's a, you know, it, to me, I know for personally where, where my own dental office did not do well was in the leadership role. Um, and it was, and the culture suffered accordingly. Um, it was a price I was more than willing to pay because I wasn't interested in being a leader in that practice. It wasn't why I owned it. And so I, I, a delegated, uh, maybe a more accurate word might be abdicated responsibility for it. Um, I've always been very upfront about that. I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to be a leader. in the. I didn't want to be there because it's not my, it's not my thing. Um, but I had other reasons for having the business. So, um, which I was perfectly okay with sacrificing culture and income for the other purpose. Um, why do why is this such a tough topic for dentists to master? Because, um, you know, it, it's it is. It's probably the number one problem in every practice. Um, our the practices that we work uh, with on the marketing side at Jerry Jones Direct are doing really well, have strong culture, strong leadership. I mean, I'm thinking of a couple right off the top of my head, and I'm also thinking of one of our one of our really excellent members who suffered some a leadership lapse, if you will, and the culture immediately went to shit. Um, pardon my French,
1: yeah,
0: whichever language. Um, <laughs> Um, so why is it a problem? I'll shut up now.
1: I think um, sometimes the doctor gets in the way of the leadership or and the culture. Um, I think sometimes I've seen where the doctor, he wants to be the lead, but he's too busy doing dentistry. He can't be the lead, um, so the culture gets all thrown out of whack. You have to have an office manager that is in all of it, seeing all of it, knowing what's going on, making sure that the culture is there. The doctor needs to, of course, say what his vision is for the practice, so everybody knows what it is and is on board with that. And then he just needs to go do his dentistry and let the office manager and the team do the rest. Um, And I I think, you know, if you don't have a good management, that gets in the way, of course, and if the doctor can get in the way himself, so, Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, um, do you think it has, um, do you think maybe another, uh, maybe an ancillary reason might be in, a, in addition, because I think everything you said is is absolutely valid. Um, you know, most of our problems that we cause ourselves, most of our, I, yeah, I just said it, most of the problems we have we cause ourselves. It's the man or woman in the mirror that is the problem that is usually not somebody else. It's very rarely somebody else, because we can modify our own behaviors to change the outcome of every interaction we have. It's a choice to be pissed off. It's a choice to be happy. It's easier to put a smile on your face, you know, the fewer muscles are involved or whatever, whatever that old thing is, but um, it's a choice. So it's a choice to be disruptive. It's a choice to, you know, to go along with people and not be a pain in the neck. Um, so knowing that, um, uh, do you think maybe that one of the issues or challenges for a, for a dentist who, who's, who's really their background is rooted in hard science? right i mean they go to dental school i mean i went through this the you know the pre-med curriculum myself i mean you know i kind of remember that process and i had a lot of friends that went to medical school dental school optometry school pt school you know whatever all the professions law school um and so what i kind of pick up and and i wonder i don't know if this is the case or not is because leadership and culture are squishy they're spongy there's there, you know, you know, it when you see it, it's kind of like, you know, you know, sour milk when you smell it. Um, do you think it's because they maybe have a hard time grasping something that is less than hard, like science. The sciences are hard, they're definitive. You know, cutting a crown is definitive. Um, a filling is definitive Well, some, for some doctors. Um, sometimes crowns aren't even definitive, but the cutting of a crown, you know, I mean, you know, the, the X-ray indicates X, it indicates Y. Um, it's either, you know, that tooth is loose or it's not. I mean, there's, in other words, there's no variation really. It's just pretty cut and dry, pretty black and white in the sciences. You think that may have something to do with their ability to, to lead and maybe, um, establish a culture? Um, because it is, it it feels like it's constantly sort of changing on them or uh, what what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, it could be most dentists that I've worked with, they really like everything very structured, you know, step by step, just like cutting a crown or doing a filling. They like everything step by step. Um, so they know what the outcome will be, so there's no chaos. Yeah,
0: if they don't if they don't have something that's that's concrete that is mm-hmm. by that's by road, right? It's like steps one through ten. And culture yeah. is not one through ten. It's like no. one to seventeen, back to two, over to ten. I mean, it's just all over. Because it, yeah. it, it, it's, you know, culture is all encompassing. When you look at a practice, it's, you know, what does it smell like, taste like, feel like, you know, what are the people like? Um, what, how do they treat each other? What's leadership? Is the dentist that, um, maybe I can give a, an example of what I felt was a positive culture in the kind of environment that I was in. And maybe that will help. Maybe that'll help uh, folks with maybe a bit of a story. So um, about a m- two months ago, a month and a half ago, I took my youngest daughter in for braces, ortho. Um, never met this doctor before. Um, he's a local orthodontist here in town. Has a, has a very, very solid reputation. Um, huge social media following, you know, um, his target market is moms, right? That's his target. Not kids moms. That's his target market. So he's marketing to mothers. He's leveraging children (laughs) to get to the mothers. Um, it's quite cruel advertising. No, I'm kidding. Um, and I, I walk in and you know, it's very nicely decorated. It's, um, uh, you know, it kind of has a cool vibe to it. There's music, pl- I mean, there's, you know, top 40s, which I don't know any of the songs anymore because it's been so long since I've listened to pop music. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm feeling old. Um, young, young ladies working in there, all, you know, one of them had a sleeve of tattoos, you know, I mean, but it, it, but it appeared to be okay in this environment. I don't know why, because normally that'd be repulsive to me because I'm not a big tattoo guy. Um, you know, I don't have a problem with tattoos. I'm not, you know, I'm not anti- well, I'm anti-tattoo on my kids. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> and I lost that battle. I lost the battle, so I'm, I'm out. Um, but uh, I mean, it just it, it felt like the right place for my, for my daughter. And so, you know, I meet this doctor. He shows up and he's got a Nike like running suit on. no joke. And we're in the we're in the consult room. It's in a room that's probably ten by twenty. It's a big room. It's got a gigantic TV screen up on the on the you know up on the wall. And he's got a um, his uh, financial his treatment coordinator is there, and um, and she's great. I mean, she knows she knows the drill. I mean, she can sell ice cream to Eskimos in, in the middle of winter who already have enough ice cream. I mean, it's just she this gal's good. And so, um, I mean, I, I just kind of sat back and I observed the process because I was more interested in the sales process than I was what was going on with my kid. I mean, I know she's yeah. braces. I'm trusting you guys to take care of it. I'll just sit here and watch and nod my head like, yeah, I know what's going on, right? And, um, but I was impressed by their ability to communicate. And I mean, this doctor was all over the place, very animated. You know, he was, he had great rapport. He established, he spent the first five minutes just establishing rapport with my daughter, talking to her about sports, about school, about boys. She's, he's like, so Perfect. what does your dad think of your boyfriend? You know? And she's oh. like, I don't have one. <laughs> and, you know, and of course I mean, he's got an answer for that. Right. I mean, he's heard it all. He's yeah. not, but he's just really good. Um, so, you know, he disappears for a while and I hear this guitar playing. You know and i'm like is that a guitar And she's like oh yeah he plays guitar like four or five six times a day i'm like cool you know so so like a month later you know we're back in there or whatever it was to get her braces put on and um literally he's playing the guitar and he's singing and he's playing like tunes that everybody knows uh, um, some classic rock for the parents and then you know some newer stuff for the kids and I mean, he's, he's loud. He's not obnoxious, but he's talks loud and he's, you know, talking to every, every patient that's in there, he's talking to, and he's spending time with everybody and, and his team is just on the spot. I mean, they're humming and I'm sitting there going, this is, this is a good culture, this is, yeah. this is leadership in action right here. I see it. Yeah. And, and every one of those gals, I talked to one of the gals actually had gone through my dental assistant school. I'm like, oh, Man, I recognize you. She, I'm like, what's your name? And she says, well, I've, um, you know, she told me her name, which I don't even remember. Um, I said, you had a different last name a few years, you know, maybe eight or nine years ago. Yeah, I did. You know? So I think you went through my dental assistant school. (laughs) It's like, yeah, I did. I was like, Oh, cool. Um, so, you know, I mean, it's, it's kind of, I could just tell things were rock and rolling. Um, so, you know, when, when I see something like that, uh, another great example outside of dentistry is as my friend's uh, coffee stands. I talk about him a lot. Mm -hmm. He has 15 Dutch brothers coffee stands scattered throughout Salem. And you know, the culture is just, I mean, he's nailed the culture. That whole organization has nailed the culture and he is a a tough leader. I mean, he expects a lot from his leadership team. He pushes them hard, but he rewards them a lot, like a lot. And what I mean by a lot is about once a month, there is a major event for his leadership team. Um, it might be, Hey, we're going to, um, we're going to Mount bachelor over in Bend for, you know, or we're going to my house over, you know, wherever, over in Eastern Oregon and we're going to be at my house, my ranch for, you know, three days. And he makes it fun, um, but he keeps these, these people around a long time. And he's working with young kids. So when a dentist, you know, thinks about, oh, young people in my practice, you know, these dental assistants, the young gals, whatever, they get frustrated. That's a leadership culture problem. You know, Doc, that's your problem, not theirs. You know, you, you're not interesting to them. You're an old fuddy-duddy or you're whatever. You know, you haven't done anything to, to, to create a culture that is inviting, that yeah. makes people want to stick around. Leads me yeah. to the next question. Um, well, before I go, any thoughts on anything I anything I said? Um, oh,
1: I agree 100%. Um, you know, if your team is having fun and feeling appreciated, they're working hard, they're giving it all they got, they're going to stay if they're being appreciated like that. Everybody wants to be appreciated and know that what they're doing is making a difference. Um, I've been to Dutch Brothers when I go to Oregon, and every time I go, everyone is just great. They just start, where are you from? How long are you here? You know, a great team. In fact, my niece over in Idaho worked at Dutch Brothers and she loved it, loved it. Now she's actually in Oregon, um, in Portland, but she loved Dutch Brothers. It's just, yeah, the, the their culture is, it's good. The team members, they want to stay, they're having fun, they're feeling appreciated and that's what it takes.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, That kind of brings me to the next question. What do you think, what have you found that, not just think, but what have you found that motivates? teams the most in, in a dental practice specifically? Is it how much they make an hour? Is it strong leadership? Is it culture? Is it something else totally different? What, I mean, and I kind of, you know, we've kind of probably yeah. the answer, but I mean, I think it's a good question to ask. And, um, you know, what, what do you think is the most important, are the most important things?
1: Um, I, it's definitely those, it's the leadership, um, feeling appreciated, feeling a part of the team, knowing that they're doing a good job or if they need to um, improve in a certain area, they wanna know how they're doing. Um they like having all their systems in place structure. They may not act like it, but they do really like it because then they know what's expected of them. So then they can reach that goal, that outcome that's needed. Um, I would say, of course, everybody wants money um, to really to feel appreciated and to know what is expected and have a strong leadership. Those I think are the, the most important.
0: Yeah, I kind of, you know, I kind of related this to my wife the other day. Um, I think it actually was last night. Um, so I, I took both of my girls uh, last night and I went through, a, this is going to sound really weird. I went through a training of sorts with them because they weren't doing something the way that their mother and I wanted them to be doing it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when you got three women in the house against one guy, I rarely went. Um, but in this case, it was like, Hey, look, this isn't working for your mom and I um, come on down here. I want to show you. I want to start from scratch so everything you think you know about this you don't let's just start from scratch so i literally spent i don't know 20 minutes and you know what i was teaching them how to do clean the bathroom oh the yeah bathroom. <laughs> so i was teach them how to do um yeah. and, and it wasn't that their bathroom was a pigsty it's just i didn't like it i didn't like how it looked and i said um i asked them one question if you had a friend come over would you let him come into your bathroom would you want them in here and they're yeah. like oh, not really. I mean, it's cleaner than their bathroom probably, but you know, not real. I'm like, all right, well, unless you be comfortable having your grandmother, my mother, who's known as the white glove queen yeah. come down here and use your restroom, use your bathroom or stay the night and take a shower or whatever, then what are we You know, what do what should we do? Well, we need to do a better job. I said, look, I agree. You need to do a better job. So let me, let me do something I didn't do before. I literally took them through how to clean the shower. And I said, Maddie, you should get a screen for the for the drain. So, you know, you guys both have a mountain of hair and, yeah. you know, get a screen. And this is not really fun stuff to talk about necessarily, but it's just reality. <laughs> yeah. And And what I, it started, yeah. I took I I said, do you guys know how to clean the toilet? The toilet looks good and clean to me. So I think you know how to do it. Do you have any questions about cleaning the toilet? Do you have any questions about wiping the, the toilet, around the toilet, on the floor, anywhere else? No? Okay, good. Went over to the sinks. I think you guys know how to clean sinks. Do you have any questions about cleaning the sinks? No? We got it. All right, good. Now we're going to, and we next thing we talked about was schedule. Okay, Maddie, you agreed to do the shower. You want to do the shower. Linnea, you're doing the sinks in the toilet. There's two sinks in the toilet. So Linnea, what day of the week are you going to do the sinks in the toilet? Uh, I'm, I'm going to do them on Sundays. Okay. You're doing them on Sundays. Maddie, what day are you doing, or what day of the week are you doing the shower? Wednesdays. Okay, great. Wednesdays. Now, what happens, Maddie, if you don't do the shower on Wednesdays and it's your fault, let's say you're out, not out of town, you just didn't do it. You got home late, whatever. What are you going to, what's, what do we do about that? Well, Linnea pipes up. Um, I think she should do my chores. I think she should do the whole bathroom. I said, Maddie, what do you think about that? If Linnea doesn't do the sinks and the toilet, do you want her to also do the shower next time? Like as in right away? Yeah, that's fair. Okay, good. So we have a resolution. Now you guys know what the penalty is for not doing your job. Yeah. And so... Uh, after that whole thing, you know, I was like, do you guys feel better about that? Yeah. Do you guys, are you comfortable with the days? Yeah. you guys buy into everything we taught? Yeah. So I literally went through a training with them, Lisa. I went back upstairs yeah. and I told my wife, I said, you know, if I had only done that more often with my dental office team, she's like, what, clean the bathrooms? I'm like, oh, <laughs> laughed first she knew what I was getting. I said, you know, yeah. training employees to understand their roles and responsibilities and yeah. it doesn't have to be, doesn't have to be done in a mean spirited fashion. We made it fun, you know? It's just, just like training kids. I said, if you want great, if you want a great team in a business, you got to train them. If you want, and you got to put the time in. In you yeah, know, you and I both know offices that oh, we don't have the time to train. You got to make it. You have the time to train. You got to make it.
1: Yeah, so, definitely.
0: Anyway, yeah. I mean, that's kind of a weird side story. That's
1: good though. Now they know what's expected of them. You know, and if they do it, they're going to feel good. Hey, I did it. I took care of it. No, it's great. Yeah. Now, as a well,
0: leader, what would be the next step? What would be my next step as a leader? so let's say it's been two weeks or maybe just a week what would be the next step for me as a leader in my household what should I do Um,
1: make sure that they have been doing it correctly and if not give them feedback do it nicely you know Um, and then if they have been doing it show your appreciation of what a great job they're doing and how much you know how much you appreciate it that they're being responsible they're taking care of it um, that you trust them to do it yeah no, that's great. More parents should do it that way.
0: Well, I don't know if I've got the parent thing mastered, but after the first one, I've ruined the first one. So the second one, I'm hoping for a better outcome. <laughs> no, the first one's great. Um, yeah, no, yeah, I
1: mean,
0: it. yeah, it's kind of one of those, um, so much of what happens at home is relatable to the practice, to the, to the office, to the business. Yeah,
1: yeah, and, um, I, I think if
0: you're a great leader at home, you can be a great leader in your practice. So uh, if you have a great culture at home, that can easily translate into a great culture in your practice. So, yeah. Um, well, yep. Lisa, do you have any other any other thoughts or um, uh, any other uh, closing remarks rather before we go and wrap this up uh, for our listeners today?
1: Um, I would just say how much that I enjoy going into an office and seeing what's going on, finding out what their goals are, helping them set the culture and making sure the right management's in place. And then seeing the team grow, seeing everybody blossom and getting the results that they want. I I, I love it. I love it. And making new relationships with all the the team members in these offices. It's it's very rewarding.
0: Yeah. You definitely have the personality to do it. I'm not a very good, I'm more of a, you know, I go in with a hatchet. You go in with this glove that has it's velvet lined and it's blades everywhere. And you can, you have the magic in that. I just go in with a, you know, an ax and um, my method is usually as, (laughs) <laughs> Nearly as delicate and as, and as good as yours. So, cool. Very good. Well, um, hopefully today, uh, this last hour or so with uh, Lisa here, Jerry Jones Tract and myself have been beneficial, useful. You've picked up um, an idea, a nugget or two, and really we're not looking to give you 50 nuggets. If you just get two or three great things from today's interview um, and you actually put them into practice, you implement them, um, and you talk to your team about them. I mean, I think this would even be a great uh, audio to share with their team. Would you agree, Lisa? I mean, I would, I would love to give this to an office manager. So, um,
1: yeah. Make,
0: yeah. a great, make a great training for them. Um, yeah. So feel free to share the CD with your team and, um, and good luck. Um, if you have any questions about <clears throat> practice management consulting and how we do it here at Jerry Jones Direct, reach out. Um, you can reach, uh, well, Lisa, I'll give your I'll let you give your contact information.
1: Okay. So my name again is Lisa Malik and my phone number is 360-920-8454. And you can also email me at lisa at jerryjonesdirect.com.
0: Very good. All right. So, um, and you can also reach uh, Jerry Jones Direct at 503-339-6000. And if you call that number, you, they'll connect you right through to Lisa as well. So 503-339-6000 and Lisa at direct.com Well, from uh, Lisa and myself here at Jerry Jones Direct, thank you very much for tuning in. Thanks, Lisa. Thank you, Jerry. Hey, Jerry Jones here. Thank you for joining me on this edition of the Jerry Jones Radio Show. You've reached the end of this segment. You can always listen in to the next show by visiting jerryjonesdirect.com forward slash podcast You can subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or find the show at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Jerry Jones. For more information about Jerry Jones Direct, go to jerryjonesdirect.com or give us a call, 503-339-6000. Our member ambassadors are standing by to assist you. And once again, thank you for listening to The Jerry Jones Radio Show.